0: This, this afternoon, I want us, as we uh, open to John chapter 20, I want to read, read the first 10 verses. Uh, 20, verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen cloths lying, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came to the sepulchre, And he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again into their own home. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we just ask that you bless this time together and that uh, our study of the word would draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, as we begin the study of chapter 20, uh, we need to remember that John wrote this account in order to show this man, Jesus, as also the Son of God. And with that in mind, there's there's going to be some things that he'll say, and there will be things that he'll leave out that the other accounts take care of or not say. But as we start with verse 1, first day of the week. Now in that economy, and even today, Saturday is the last day of the week. And in the Jewish law, the day of rest. Sunday started the normal work week. It was interesting that Carlton read from Leviticus chapter 23 this morning. And as he was reading it, I kind of glanced down to the next two verses in it there was something there that struck me that I had never seen before. And it reads, Leviticus 23, 11 and 12, And he, that is the priest, shall wave the sheath before the Lord. That's the same word for Jehovah. So that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And on that day, when you wave the sheath, you shall offer a male lamb, a year old without blemish, as a burnt offering to the Lord. Uh, I just found it interesting that uh, here our portion starts out the first day of the week. And the portion that Carlton was talking about this morning, it took place on the first day of the week also. Uh, you can conclude whatever you want from that. I have my own thoughts, but it just kind of struck me this morning and, and as an interesting side sidelight. Mary Magdalene came. Now, also the other Mary, according to Matthew. According to Mark, this is the Mary, the mother of James. And Salome who some have identified as the wife of Zebedee, the mother of James and John. Now Luke does not name any of the women, but Luke 23.55 says, The women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after, and beheld the sepulcher, and how his body was laid. Even though John does not name the other women, he does record Mary Magdalene saying to Peter, "We know not where they have laid him." And we're going to come to that. The next point, and I'm not there's many that debate about the early and yet dark, and and I'm not going to get into that. I don't think that's because there's there's a little difference in all the all the gospels in that part, but uh, I don't think it's really of any consequence. We know that on the first day of the week, they came and found something very unique. And what is it? Well, they saw that the stone had been taken away from the sepulcher. And my question, you know, Ashley this morning had many questions. And my question this, this afternoon is, who moved the stone? Very interesting. I know the Bible answers that, and we're going to read that. But I want you just to stop and contemplate that for a minute. And as to what, you know, takes place, because uh, in the other Gospels, the women are questioning who's going to move the stone. Well, in Matthew 28, 2, it says, And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone away from the door and sat upon it. Mark and Luke write that the women found the stone rolled away. And we need to understand this is more than just a little stone, as, as we use the term. These were generally large-shaped rocks, much like a millstone would be, except with no center hole. These would rest in a trough off to one side until it was needed to cover the door and seal in decaying odors. So they were made to fit snugly to the wall outside. The trough would be slanted down to make it easy to put in place with a deeper cut in the ground so that the stone would not be easily removed. It would take a lot to lift those stones and roll them up out of the out of the trough there at the bottom. Uh, it might even take uh, poles to leverage it out. We don't, you know, there's a lot of different manners that could have been done. Uh, Matthew writes that guards were placed outside and an official seal put in place. If someone tried to break just the seal, it would have brought them death, let alone rolling the stone away. My next question, even though it's not here in this uh, first verse, uh, but knowing the way things are in the other Gospels, where were the guards? Many scholars think that John had no reason to write all of the events down, since Matthew's account of this covered it very well. And John's writing of this was many years later. It is possible that the women didn't know that the stone had been sealed, and guards were standing there as this would have taken place afterward, after they had been to the site uh, uh, that's recorded in Luke and uh, there when he was first buried. And there's no record of them visiting the site on Saturday, which which would have been the regular Sabbath. When Mary Magdalene arrived, The stone had already been rolled back. In her eyes, who would do this? You stop and think about that a minute. Who might want to do this? Well, the priests and Sanhedrin wanted Jesus dead and out of the way, hidden. King Herod definitely wanted nothing to do with this rabble-rouser. Pilate and the Roman guards, at least the Roman guards, they were paid to make sure the followers of Jesus did not come and take his body. And Pilate had washed his hands of the whole thing. Ha, ha, ha. Not that he could. I'm sure he he realizes that now as as he looks that he had an opportunity to, to glimpse salvation from our Lord. I'm sure he didn't take it. Otherwise, Scripture, might, I'm sure, would have told us about it. So the obstacle of opening the tomb was taken care of, and the women entered. There again, we need to be reminded that John is not giving a chronological account of what took place. Before we continue to verse 2, let us consider the significance of what is to be revealed. In most of the other religions around the world, we see an aura of secrecy. Even those that have a shadow of Christianity connected to it. With the Mormons, or shall I say with Joseph Smith, he said he found these golden tablets that only he could interpret. And of which, as far as I know, nobody else has seen. And that's how he came up with uh, the Book of Mormon and all these other thing, outlandish things that he came up with. There are many other instances that I could name, but that is not our study for today. There was an empty tomb except for the burial wrappings which we will talk of more in a few minutes. I just want us to consider that there is no conspiracy on Jesus' followers' part. There's no secrecy here. They're not trying to pull a fast one because they themselves are surprised that the stone had been rolled back. So we come to verse 2, where then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Mary Magdalene runs back to find Simon Peter, and shall we say John, who is the writer of this account. At first she thinks that the body of Jesus had been stolen from the tomb. We do not know if she was still there when the angel spoke to the women, but keep in mind that the author is relating what he heard Mary Magdalene say. Verse 3 Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. And they both and they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. The two disciples run to the tomb. Now John outran Peter, but did not go in. Looking in, he could see the linen cloths. Peter arrived and went into the tomb, also seeing the linen cloths in which the body of Jesus had been wrapped. Now I ask you, if someone had opened up this tomb and stolen the body, would they have taken the time to unwrap him and handle a naked, decaying corpse? No, in capital letters. Keep in mind that the day before was the Sabbath. No Jew would handle a body such as this. Remember the story of the man that was attacked and left for dead? We find that in Luke. The priest and the Levite saw him and passed by on the other side of the road, lest they become contaminated. The condition of the linen cloths and napkins are laying there to indicate that there was no haste in leaving the tomb. And that's verse 5. And, and he stooped down and looking... Or, uh, now I read about Simon, verse 6. Now verse 7. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Laying there, These these items that were used to wrap the body of Jesus indicate that there was no haste in leaving the tomb. There was no secrecy. Everything was in an orderly arrangement. Matthew and Mark do not even mention about the linen cloths. Luke only mentions that the linen cloths were seen. Here we have an eyewitness account as to their existence and arrangement. There again, the tomb is open. The guards saw that the stone had been rolled away. There again, that's mentioned in Matthew. Other accounts of this, that they were so scared, and they were afraid for their own lives because they had left from guarding that tomb. But they had seen strange things that early morning before the ladies, the women, had arrived. This eyewitness saw and believed. We see that in verse 8. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. Well, you know, what did he believe? We're, you know, this this is kind of perplexing when we take it in account of the next verse. But keep in mind many things are happening here quickly. And John is looking back and relating to us what happened that Sunday morning. Jesus had mentioned many times just days before his crucifixion, that he would be resurrected. Now keep in mind that on this first day of the week, after Jesus died, none of his words had been recorded. It's not like today, that we all, that all we have to do is touch a button, or a place on a screen, as I have done at the beginning of this lesson. And everything that I say, and have said, is being recorded. I not only have a Bluetooth earpiece connected to my computer for talking to you, but I have one in my other ear that is connected to my phone to record this study. This was not available back then. But the Holy Spirit being omniscient reminded men later to write Jesus' teachings down for us. Isn't that wonderful? I think so. And can we just step into Peter and John's lives just for a moment? After this one that they declared as Messiah and the Lord was arrested, tried, crucified, and buried, they hid and was afraid. Keep in mind that it was the women that the angels spoke, to, to the women that the angels spoke, not to Peter and John. When the women came back, they reminded the disciples of Jesus' words that he would rise again, and that we see in verse 20 and chapter 20, verse nine. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he, he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. We see that Peter and John did not linger at the tomb. But returned to their own home, I realize it's a little short and, and but I want to cut this off today and and give time for some uh